Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Moasisi, and I'm your host for the Facts Roundtable podcast. I'm a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog. Today, we're sitting down with food allergy mom and fact-recognized support group leader, Carolina Soto, who is also a member of Facts Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Advisory Board. We're going to explore today the balancing of the holidays with cultural traditions and expectations while managing food allergies. Welcome, Carolina, to the show today. We're so delighted to have you with us. I'm happy to be here. So before we dive deeper into our conversation today, can you share with listeners your food allergy story and how you became a part of our food allergy community? So I have a daughter, and when she was 17 months old, she got her hands on cashews, and she immediately had an anaphylaxis reaction to it. We didn't know what it was. We luckily lived about, I don't know, three miles away from the hospital. So we knew that something bad was happening to her body. She was throwing up, her eyes, she was getting puffy. She was just lethargic. So then we rushed to the hospital. And while we were going, I called Kaiser and I was like, my daughter had a peanut or a cashew. And this is what's happening to her. And then when we got there, there was a nurse waiting for us outside. So then we were rushed inside. They gave her Benadryl and steroids and all these things. And she was only 17 months old. So then a week later, we were able to get an appointment with an allergist. And then we were told what was going on with her and what we needed to do to keep her safe. So that happened at that age and our life was completely flipped, you know, when you're told that your daughter could die after eating a peanut or tree nuts, which is something so common. That must have been very, very scary because they're not literate at that time. So they can't even tell you what doesn't feel right. No, exactly. It was one of those things that I'll never forget being told by a doctor. So I was holding my daughter who is 17 months old and she has a crayon in her hand and the doctor's telling my husband and I, she could die if she eats a peanut or a tree nut. This is what you need an EpiPen here. <laughs> and I, you know, you can't process the, the, what they're telling you because it's so big and that's, and it's tough. It's very emotional. Even today, just speaking about it, it gets you, you know, because it's like, how do, how are you going to protect your child from something that's so, that isn't supposed to kill you, you know, it's just a peanut. I understand completely. When my son had his diagnosis, which was age two, my husband and I literally didn't know what to do. We got in the car, we drove, we drove to a river and we just sat by a river. We didn't even know what to say. I thoroughly understand. I know what you're feeling. And yeah, I'm sure actually everybody listening today knows what you're feeling. Yeah, I think that it's just so impactful to be told in that way that this could happen. 
and not given much more information than what you truly need. You know, and I mean, I know that people need different things, but in that moment, I needed support. I needed like a hug, like (laughs) just help me out. So it was very difficult. It was a difficult time. So I can see why you're a support group leader. You understand. Yes, I do. Actually, now that we're talking, I just realized when my son started college, I had joined your support group. Oh, yeah. To try to find information about the area and the college and everyone reached out. Yes, I think that's the best thing about the support group because somebody will post a question and then other people that are knowledgeable about that topic or that area will support the, the person asking. And that's beautiful. It really is. I appreciated it so much. It absolutely changed his experience and influenced his experience. He was able to meet a Pitzer student who was much older and was able to guide him and help him. So I would like to give you an official thank you. So what things are your daughter allergic to? She's allergic to peanuts and all tree nuts. And then I think she has some kind of like she'll break out with certain things like tomatoes, like acidic things. She'll get the hives on her face, but it doesn't cause anaphylaxis. Well, that's good. At least you don't have that on your anaphylactic list. Yes, yes. It's a relief. So now we're going to start diving into some questions for you here. The holiday season brings us so much joy and stress all at the same time. And from personal experience, I can recall many holidays as a child focused on the customs of my family's culture. So I'm Greek and Mexican. And when my son developed food allergies, traditional foods became taboo and century old recipes were all of a sudden completely off limits. So can you share your cultural background and if the food allergies you manage in your home have impacted your family's traditions? So our family's from Nicaraguan and Mexican descent and having a peanut allergy and tree nut allergy has impacted our family with the culture in some ways. So an important Mexican meal, for example, is mole. And mole is made with peanuts in it. And his grandmother makes mole. So uh, there's been situations where we'll go over and we're told, you know, here's the mole, try the mole. And it's like, no, we, I don't eat it. And my husband won't eat it in front of my daughter. And of course, the children are very picky. So they won't even go near it. But it's just a matter of like you're eating this thing that has nuts in it. We can't be here because you're going to try to kiss my daughter and that might cause her to have a reaction. So then that's why we try to avoid those situations. If we know that that's something that they might be serving, then we just make the decision not to go, which is hard. That's what we've had to do, especially when my daughter was younger and had less of a a voice. Now she's nine years old and she's very vocal about her food allergy and keeping herself safe. So now when you declined a family event, did you explain like, I'm sorry, we can't come over because we know you're going to be making your extra special fabulous dish, but we're worried about our children being exposed to this. How do you deal with that? I think that at first it was difficult, you know, because It's hard to tell people we don't want to go because of the food that's going to be served. But we've learned to just basically deal with it. We've been invited to parties and parties where people are have like nut bowls on each table. 
and it's a children's party and they're going to get in the jumper. And it's like, we can't stay. Thank you for the invite. Here's the present. We have to go. So it's those situations where it's like, I'm sorry that we might make family feel uncomfortable or friends, but our primary job is to keep our children safe. So that's where we draw the line. We're not going to put her in danger just to make you feel okay. That is just a real powerful tip. You're very clear about setting your boundaries and you know what your priorities are, what you're protecting your children, and that you're able to say, you know what, I'm really sorry, I can't go and and I'm not going to do this just to make you happy. But I just love how you're setting your boundaries in a very firm and loving way. Because I know for me, it's really hard sometimes to tell an elder we can't come over and why, because they'll look at me like I'm crazy, or they look at me like they don't understand. My husband's from Iran. And so nuts are very prominent in the food and in the culture and how they host. And so I know sometimes I have a hard time. So I just admire that you're really clear and very good good about your boundaries and your reasoning why. Because that, that's very inspiring to me when we go back to think about, well, why are we doing this? Because I'm protecting my baby. Yeah, I so. think that something that has helped us has been, how about you come to our house? We'll provide the food. We want to be with you. And then that has helped us all be together. That's a wonderful solution. And I really like how you're emphasizing, we want to be with you. So now what would you say to a fellow support group member who is struggling with a grandparent or a family elder who is maybe upset that their family recipe has been modified or it's not going to be served because of a child's allergy? I would, like I said before, move the focus from the food to being together and valuing that time, especially now. Most people will understand why it's happening, why you're deciding not to serve the food or why you're modifying recipes. Most people will understand, others might not, but the focus must be maintained as to why this is happening. You're keeping your children safe, family, your friends, they love your children, and that's going to be hopefully accepted. And if it's not, then again, boundaries. That's fantastic. So now you have elementary age children. So how did you start teaching them to set boundaries? Or how did you start teaching them to say, oh, no, thank you. I can't have that. I need to avoid this. So when Abigail was diagnosed eight years ago, again, she was 17 months old. So right after that appointment with that allergist, I looked and searched for information to help. And I did. I found organizations like FACT and others that helped provide support. So I remember I downloaded different resources that were on the website and I started to gear myself with all this information. I was hungry for information and ways to talk to your children at an age appropriate level so that they know what their allergy is and how it impacts them. From day one, basically, my daughter was told, you can't eat that because you have an allergen. This is what would happen. It would make your tummy sick. And then just trying to explain it. And then, of course, having allergy bracelet and just making sure that I had books and things to teach her what was happening in her body. So with my son, he's younger. He's She's nine and he's seven. He has learned with her and is an advocate for her. So he'll tell everybody, I have a food allergy. I can't eat, you know, nuts or whatever, because he wants to protect her. We've helped her get empowered. In 2016, she was, that was four years ago, she was five. And we went to Nicaragua for the first time. 
So her biggest thing was to learn how to say nuts and Spanish. So then I was like nueces. And then she understood and, and felt, you know, okay, I could say it at a restaurant. I could say it with family and they'll understand. So that was very important to her to know that. I think for my daughter, one of the things that has been hard for her is I, we went to a birthday party. You know, she must have been like three and older kids were eating like ice cream with peanut butter and like all these things. And, you know, they were happy eating their cones. And my daughter was like, I want some, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so heartbreaking that you have to tell this little girl, like, no, you cannot have that because it has whatever. So then I remember that the mom had bought fruit popsicles just for my daughter. So I was like, I think I started crying in the moment because it's like, oh, you had the forethought to think of her, you know? That's nice. Well, you know, it is. It's it, And I get emotional about that, too, because it's the gesture. It's that they really thought about your child with such love and wanting to protect them. And so it's not as much as it was a popsicle. It was the gesture. You know, what I mean, it could have been grapes. And and I, I totally understand and, and can completely relate. It is so meaningful when someone does something like that. When they get it. It's like, wow. You know, so like, for example, they did trunk or treat last year at my daughter's school. And there was a, a car with like a, the teal pumpkin. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, this is for kids that have food allergies. I'm like, oh, well, this my daughter has food allergies. And then she's like, oh, great. You know, she went in the car and got her a special treat. And I was, I hugged her. I was like, oh my God, you get it. <laughs> Thank you. So I bet you were shocked. I'm shocked, <laughs> right? I would be like stunned if I was out there. Oh, it's beautiful. It was one of those moments like, God, you're not alone. Like you get what is happening. Like you get that we need to include everyone. It really means so much. I mean, um, you know, my son went to Pitzer College down near where you live and one day he tells me that the director of the dining services has a box that she keeps in her office. And she went to Whole Foods and bought Enjoy Life items and made good. And she found top eight free items and put them in this box because she said that she wanted to make sure that they had a little treat here and there. And, and it was the same thing. We were so touched. Like yeah. we just couldn't believe that, that someone got it. And, and at that age, mm -hmm. so yeah, there's beautiful. lots of good people out here in this world that will continue. So my next question for you is about family. My husband is from Iran and food allergies are just pretty much unheard of in his culture. So it was a real challenge when my son was diagnosed with food allergies to explain this to some family members. So have you ever experienced this? And do you have advice for someone who might be experiencing challenges explaining the food allergies to their family members? Both times Abigail had anaphylaxis reaction. It was in front of our parents for them to see firsthand what was going on with her, her struggling to breathe, her being lethargic and throwing up. It really helped for them to see it firsthand because then they were able to take that experience and basically tell their people like their siblings and parents about what could happen to Abigail. 
So that helped everybody get a greater knowledge of what was happening. So being able to have other people, like your core people, our parents, help you get the information out really helped. I think that with the wealth of information that are provided by FACT and other organizations, it helps. You know, if you are newly diagnosed and you have to tell your loved ones and help them keep your children safe or help them help you keep your children safe. Okay, so being from a Latino culture, it's, again, just like your husband, it's unheard of. You know, having a food allergy doesn't happen to our children. Like, it's not something that you see. So that's why I think that when my daughter was diagnosed, I was, me and my husband were completely blindsided because we didn't, we couldn't comprehend how this could be happening to our child. So having the anaphylaxis reactions happen in front of our parents helped them get it. And then when I was able to find information, and, and I think we went to a support group that met in person shortly after she was diagnosed, it helped me to grasp what was what it meant with somebody that had a food allergy or to keep somebody safe. So I think that the, the most important thing that we got or that I needed at the time was that information and that support. And having arming myself with information from FACT and other organizations helped me be able to inform others, you know, and sharing videos like Kyle Dine, like just popping them in the CD or the DVD player and your or YouTube, and they're able to see at a level that's for a child what it means to live with this. And nobody wants food allergies. Like, unfortunately, we live with them. And we're, we are making the best we can with the situation that been dealt with. That is so clever using the Kyle Dine videos. I never thought of that. That is brilliant. Because you're right. If you just break it down into something really simple and grandma can sit there or cousin can sit there with your child and watch it together. That is really a very impressive tool. Thank you for sharing that. Now we're going to switch gears just a little bit. As a member of FACT's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Advisory Board, what do you hope to see accomplished with this board and FACT? I would like to see more conversations about food allergies in different cultures. Again, I can't stress this enough. When Abigail was diagnosed, she was 17 months old. I was told she could die with a peanut, and I was left with what I felt a very inadequate amount of information. Me and my husband had to process this enormity. Basically, I felt alone. So I would like others that are going through that situation to feel supported, especially in other cultures. Because we don't see food allergies that much in Hispanic culture, in your husband's culture, it would help to have a place where they could gather the information and feel supported and not alone when dealing with food allergies and the impact that it could have. I can completely understand and see this. I know FACT is working right now on creating some support groups for BIPOC, but I can really relate to just meeting other people within your own culture and having that conversation of how do we talk to grandma? Cause she is not getting this. She thinks we're crazy, <laughs> you know, because they've never seen this before. 
But I thank you for sharing your hopes and your dreams with the board. I know FACT is very active and listening to everybody and really appreciates you giving the extra time to be on that board because we know you're super busy. We know everyone's super busy. And so to meet extra to help explore things, we really appreciate that. Thank you. Now, is there anything else you want to share with listeners before we wrap up today? But I would like to add that in moments where, you know, your life is turned upside down or you have to deal with things that are very difficult and you feel alone, those are moments that you need to reach out to others. And being in a community where mothers or parents or grandparents understand what you're going through is, it's, I can't even describe it to be in a room full of these people that get you. So if you can, I would say to find support in this area because it's manageable, even though, you know, I'm all emotional, it's super manageable and we're there to create a safe environment for our children. And if you talk to my daughter, the food allergy is such a small part of who she is. And thankfully, because we're part of this community, we're able to deal with and support each other to be better able to provide care for our kids. Thank you for sharing that. It really is just a blessing when we find each other and we're able to give each other support. And when we don't even have to say anything, we can just look at each other and we know. And I I agree, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for your time today, for being on the show, for helping us with tips and ideas on how to handle family and just life and finding support. So I look forward to having you on the show again and have a wonderful day. You too. Before we wrap up today, I want to share something really special with you. The Fact Shines Bright with Teal Love Spotlight Contest. Let's usher in a better 2021 together by giving $20 in 2020 to help us reach our goal of $20,000. As a nonprofit, we felt the financial impact this year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. For every $20 donated, your name will be entered into our Teal Love Shines Bright Spotlight Contest. The grand prize winner will be featured on all of FACT's social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest, as well as FACT's blog page, sharing their food allergy journey in our December 31st Teal Love Shines Bright Spotlight. But there's a bonus, too. The winner will also be a special guest right here on FACT's Roundtable podcast in January. The second prize winner will receive one free 2021 registration of their choice to attend Camp Tag Virtual Summer Program, which is valued at $230, or our Teen Retreat, which is valued at $255 and will take place in November of 2021. Donate through December 27th, and winners will be notified on December 28th. So please head on over to foodallergyawareness.org forward slash donate to join us in raising $20,000 in 2020. Thank you all for listening to Facts Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, share and review our podcast and be sure to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Apple podcast, iTunes, Google podcast, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.